the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome to um, the USL show. Uh, I'm I'm your host, Evan. Vla- hey, you know, guys, uh, uh, Ryan's here, Pony's here, Alan's here. I'm being brief with the introduction because, fortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, in the middle of the playoffs, something happened, and now there's a fair bit to talk about. And and boy howdy it was 70 degrees today in philadelphia but hell froze over because detroit city fc is joining the usl championship in the year of our lord 2022 or depending on your never mind and uh well so they're doing that and they said you know for all the banter i'll call it banter back and forth between their supporters and and everybody else in the uh, mainstream uh, soccer Twitter. Listen, if you're listening to this, you, you get it. You've seen it. You know what it is by now. Detroit City is joining the USL Championship. Nisa put out a really funny statement about you know, uh, as Pony put it, uh, uh, I, I I'm breaking up with you. You're not breaking up with me. Um, you know, and and it's a whole thing. Um, it's gonna be fun next year to watch from the, the relative sidelines when Detroit has to finally play teams that they've been slagging off for three or four years, and vice versa. But I, I, I guess Ryan, I, I'm gonna start. I'll just say a name, and then Ryan, if you want to start and just kind of give us your thoughts, other than this is crazy and fun. You know, we'll go from there. Is this the most high-profile lower division soccer move that USL has gotten since the entry of the NASL teams such as Tampa Bay and North Carolina FC? I think North Carolina FC is flattered that you mentioned North Carolina FC and not Indy 11. Indy 11 as well, but this has to be the highest profile. Ottawa Fury, maybe. Yeah. Highest profile move in lower division soccer in quite some time that it just yeah we everyone has seen it on Twitter that it's the ethos of just the Detroit City fan base that this isn't what they were were preaching yeah. for so long and now they're joining into USL that it just makes for interesting headlines and just a never a dull moment in US soccer. Yeah, people were pretty uh, red with uh, their hot takes today. Um, I was going to say La Rouge with their hot takes today, but I thought <laughs> that would, might be a little too on the nose. Uh, yeah, there are oh, there are multiple levels of craziness to dig into with Detroit City, with uh, their fan ownership or not fan ownership, uh, their stances, people like bringing copious amounts of receipts from Twitter feeds from groups and people. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this has been 
Uh, this has been quite a day um, to be on the Twitter machines for sure. It's been normal. Um, yeah, so it'll be... I, I think there's some questions that still need to be kind of answered, and I think yeah. those will be answered over time, or maybe not. Uh, like, uh, they apparently paid the, the membership fee, and, like, who paid that? And yeah. where did that money come from? Uh, which is an interesting question, and, you know, I, I don't doubt that there is a generous benefactor waiting the wing to bring them to uh, USL, but, you know, that's the curious part, is who is that? What does this mean for the USL going forward as far as, you know, fan shares or whether they're, you know, you, they're real or not? Um, what does that look like? And then, um, you know, can fan bases get along? Um, especially, you know, I, I think a Detroit versus Phoenix Twitter battle might uh, ensue. Um, they might snap at each other and whistle and maybe do, do some mambo dancing. Um, sure. Yep. That was a musical reference for those of you who didn't get it. Um, so, Evan did. Thank you for making that for me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think there's there's a lot to uncover, and we're just getting we're just scratching the surface of the crazy that is yep. gonna happen over the next you know three to six months. Last but certainly not least, Pony. Oh yay, me. Um, I think that's what everyone else just said. I'm sure. Yeah, well, that's the way people usually greet me. But you know, yeah. moving on from that, I think this is more of a USL win than anything else. Because I mean, well, Nisa sure. is yeah. one of those weird things that, from Detroit standpoint, to me, if you said ten years from now, what's going to exist? I mean, it's the USL Championship oh. completely. So if you're Detroit and are given a chance to move up to a league that you know will actually be around in 10 years or five years or even three years, I mean, if you're going to back Nisa, you are really setting yourself up for a potential disaster because if Nisa folds, which I'm not saying it will, but the chance of that happening is a lot more than the USL. What's Detroit going to do? They're going to have to panic buy into the USL 1, USL 2. Because if that happens, right. you're suddenly dealing with, uh, well, my team's much better than these guys, and my wages are higher, and, well, who knows, I might be screwed over because I'm going to lose a million dollars this year on wages. So, to me, this is the right move. I mean, granted, USL Championship is more risky. We've seen a lot of teams fold who were we thought were actually stable over the years, but all in all, I think this is actually the right move for a team that thinks long-term. And if Detroit wants to think long-term, I'm more than happy to bring them into the USL. If it kind of goes against what a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, I think, backers of US of the Detroit has said for the last five or ten years where they have been filamently anti-USL, I mean, we lost that Cincinnati team. We thought they were too good, and now we gain Detroit golf. Things are too good for a different reason. But it's one of those where I think this is the right move for the club, and the fans will probably realize that at one point or another. And I'm happy to see what they actually bring to the table because, especially in that area of the country where we have a few other good teams mm-hmm. already, that could be mm-hmm. good rivalries and. If we're talking, you know, 2025 Detroit versus Louisville for the East title, 
I'd love that. Um, it reminds me a little bit, and and maybe it's a little like it, it feels a little different. It feels a little more volatile just because the the very online pockets of Detroit City fans are like very anti or were very anti USSF structure at least I guess but it feels a little bit like when Minneapolis City joined uh, what is it League 2 where you're no longer this kind of keystone or, or the big backbone of the league that you're in you can just exist you get by it's safe you're comfortable you can build your brand and things and not worry about paying referees or the 25 other teams that are coming into your division or having the to travel all over the fucking place to try to play a, a qualifier in the open cup or whatever and and now the pressure is off of you to exist to be the role model for whatever bullshit third tier your owner's a goalkeeper league that you're in um and and I I think that's maybe emblematic of if nothing else teams thinking a little bit more about their safety over being so counterculture they're stuck thinking about what ifs five years down the road yeah, and 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 for better or worse, that's a problem with the system. And I've seen that statement a lot too today, which has been like vaguely encouraging. Is that it's a problem with the system, not necessarily the people that are making sure there's food on the table for the next X amount of years by using it. Yeah, and to me, the statement that Nisa put out was the most comically Amazing. horrible statement Hilarious. I've seen in a long time. Oh, I love it. I that. mean, to me, like, it was absolutely the epitome of the you're breaking up with me? Screw you, I'm breaking yeah. up with you. Yeah. I mean, it was... It's one of those things you, you look and go, why would any team ever join your league if you're going to yeah. do that when one of the better or at least when more well-known yeah. teams decides to move on? Because that... I mean, it was just like the... I, I don't know if it was... I, I don't know how that ever got approved from the PR department. That's the... Your, well, because there isn't one. That Your guy in the upline wants you to buy more product because you're, you're going to kill it this month, I promise, was that statement by Nisa. It's, it's very, like, MLM, like, yeah, dude, like, you got it next month. It'll happen. Uh, and it, it blows my mind. Like... Because if that's how that guy acts in a press room, like something that he wants to put out to the public, like there's got to be some really fun back and forth and some emails between him and whoever's putting up 20 million to join USL for Detroit City. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, it, yeah it feels <laughs> like whoever put that out just went rogue almost. Is drunk right now. That's the, that's the email you write. And then you delete and then write the yes. different email, but they just hit send. Yes. Like I've written plenty of yeah. email that look like that. And then you erase yep. and you start over and you realize I cannot say those yep. things in a public yep. setting without making myself look bad. Like the end with like the stuff in quotes, like I was yeah. literally laughing out loud. I was like, man, this is like the sassiest press release I think I've ever read. It's really good. I mean, late entrant to best press release of the year. But I mean, it's got a really good shot. 
Um, but I mean, if you're like the Maryland Bobcats or Chattanooga FC, aren't you yeah. looking towards your future? That it's those are two viable teams that could function in other leagues and could very well yep. find themselves moving into USO. They don't. I'm not sure what is going on behind those scenes, or if the teams even want to join USO. But wouldn't after the events of this that the headliner of the league is leaving that? Well, aren't you trying to kind of look towards what your future lies? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not trying to like blast Nisa for feeling the way they're feeling. Like, they're absolutely within <laughs> their r- rights to have those fifis hurt. But like, yeah, there's maybe. But you're also business, <laughs> c- correct? So it's like I'm not, I'm not holding their feelings against them. It's just, I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's a better way to approach this. Uh, 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 you're valid. Your feelings are valid, Nisa. But also, maybe, maybe we don't share those with. Maybe not everybody gets to join the inner circle of how the Nisa Twitter admin is feeling today. Uh, uh, you know, give 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 whoever's doing that a burner phone that has access to Twitter. I just did air quotes. Um, so you know. Um, Hey, speaking of changes to, to USL, um, apparently like Hawaii's gonna be a thing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of expansion apparently on the horizon for the United Soccer Leagues, as it were, um, as it should be, I guess, as it always will be. I would be okay if they stopped trying with the championship after this coup, I guess, just because uh, there's there's too many teams. God damn it. They need to, you can't you can't play in a league with fifty teams. If you're gonna establish pro rel, you need to make the top league exclusive. Yeah. To an extent, but also you need to start filling out league one. Pro rel and not kill off twelve of your fifty teams immediately after you do that. You need to stop adding teams. Because now everyone has to keep adjusting their travel budget every year. Yeah, especially maybe, spe- especially if you're including the rumors of like Hawaii yeah. or right. you know some of the other locations that might be might be like close, but it's gonna be hard. To, like RGV is already hard to get to. Like some of these locations are like you have to take three flights to get there, uh, right? Or two flights and a bus. Yeah, well, and like that, you you certainly, if you add a Hawaii or if you add an Alaska or if you add a a even like like Vermont or Maine, like way up the top of the East Coast, like, are you gonna have like a team in the middle flip back and forth every year again, or like how are you gonna find your balance? And if you do that, like you can't take a team from the East and put them West because then you haven't gone out to Hawaii. Like it's a whole. St. Louis did it for a while. Well, sure, but they didn't have to go to Hawaii. Like, it, it, I don't know. It, it all seems very... Like, yes, okay, getting Detroit City, you know, uh, the, the, the higher-ups at USL probably had a nice little bottle of Dom Perignon the night. Sure, you know? And, and, and you keep expanding, and you keep getting these fees coming in and things like that, and that's all great, and, and it hasn't backfired super hard yet because you've had these safety nets of League One or, or League Two where, well, you know, it's an MLS 2 team. No one cares anyway. They'll just join MLS next. But there's going to be a point where you have 
Puerto Rico happen again, where you have, uh, I mean, fuck, what is it? Uh, uh, Austin Bold is gone. Um, you're already seeing it a little bit, where not all these teams are going to be able to be sustainable, in part because the league above you, MLS, wants to be in some of these big markets too, and when push comes to shove, they can always find a shitty NFL owner to have their their you know PLCs in their big 70,000 person football stadium and enough people will buy them anyway that that'll bring your club out of business just because you're not the biggest most homogenized thing in the world anymore yeah I mean to me it doesn't work to say you're gonna throw a team in Hawaii or Alaska or something like that it just doesn't work logically because the travel expenses for any team to go out there are just absurd and the travel expenses of the Hawaiian team or Alaskan team, they're going to have to have like a 20 game road trip to make this be even remotely logical. The way it stands, there is no good reason to do this because it just is going to be one of the things that is, oh yeah, our, our away trip that goes to Hawaii is 30% of our budget this year, or our travel budget. Mm-hmm. And what team is going to want to do that? No no team's going to want to do that. Even the rich teams are going to look at it and go, this is stupid, why are we doing this? And when the entire league says this is stupid, you don't do it. I mean, we saw Antigua fail horribly, and this is going to be just about as bad if they decide to say, let's throw a team out in Hawaii. It's going to be dead in two or three years. And that 2013 Antigua team played every single game of that 28-game schedule on the road. They didn't play a single game in Antigua. And they lost every single game. You mean you don't want to see a Orange County Saturday, Hawaii Wednesday, Oakland Saturday turnaround? No? that's not. Wait, is their name going to be Hawaii Wednesday? Confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) That might be fun. Hawaii Wednesday. I love that. They only play play on Wednesdays. But, but technically their kickoff is so late for the East Coast that they're Hawaii Thursday. Scandal. Hey, speaking of IPs, Detroit City retained theirs, so they will still be Detroit City Football Club. Fun. So, for anyone thinking that big bad USL is going to come in and call them Detroit Red Wolves, bad news. It's going to be fine. Uh, hey, and for better or worse, as much as we would love to talk about whatever this is for an hour and a half, uh, many soccer games were played. One wasn't, but a lot of them were. So pick your pick your poison, I guess. Um, we'll talk about it. Quarterfinals. Uh, I don't know where to start. I guess San Antonio two nothing over San Diego. Well, I'm sorry, Alan. Yeah, so so was San Diego. Chronologically, that was the first one in the Google results. I apologize. Yeah, the 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 brief recap is San Antonio showed up yes. in the first 25 minutes. San Diego did not, and there you go. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, that's really about it. I mean, San Antonio took yeah. control, and that was all they needed to do. Uh, Oakland pr- proves that possession is a meaningless stat and you shouldn't pay attention to it in a 1-0 win against El Paso. 
I mean, so Paso far that really fell off after the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's... and Oakland really came in to their own towards the end of the year. That was the theme of both of those matches. I think yes. San Diego had seventy-seven percent possession in the second half, thirteen shots, zero on target. Like you can have the ball, but yep. They're not doing anything with it. And Oakland's scoring a very Oakland goal in that match. Yes. A ball that's bouncing around, some individual play, and then just an like a absolute like not even a howler of a goal, like not even a golasso like we've seen before. Just a guy touching it between the keeper's legs and that's that's all it takes. This is an El Paso team with twenty shots in this game. Yeah. Yeah, that was I I mean, we had the. I think I've had it on Twitter. Was this an El Paso losing or Oakland winning? And I think both are valid arguments. Because El Paso played bad for what they did. I mean, El Paso with 20 shots, you expect at least a couple goals given what they did. But Oakland made. I mean, they capitalized on a error-ish play, where I think. Usually, you'd expect El Paso to not allow a goal right there, but they did, and then they, sh- then, I mean, Oakland shut everything down and won. So, I mean, if you win, you win, even if it's on a goal that you probably should not have scored. And kudos to Oakland for pulling pulling what I think the USL publishes second biggest upset ever, which I don't agree with, but you know. They out that was a major upset still. So yep. welcome to the next round for a team who I did not think would actually make the playoffs heading into the final week. And then Saturday, Charlotte rolled Memphis three to one. Mostly expected. Yep. Tampa blowout Tulsa six two. That's be one of the higher scoring first round games of the USL playoffs in recent history. I would imagine. Uh, Louisville get by Miami. That was scary for Louisville for a lot of time. Because watching that one was like the. I think Louisville is happy to win that one, but I think Miami got kind of hard done to an extent where Miami played well. I mean, they were not outplayed, they were not just demolished I mean if you said Miami won that game I would not have actually been shocked because they actually they look like the team we expected them to be last year for lack of a better description where Mm. we all said Miami in last year would be a team who could challenge these best teams in the East and they decided to prove it all wrong by just being a dumpster fire well this year we kind of set back, and they decided to actually be a team who could challenge. So, I guess next year, I mean, if you want to pay us and say you're going to be a bad team, we'll say you're good again. But, you know, whatever, Miami. We take bribes here. Um, Orange County beat Colorado Springs Switchbacks. one nothing with a man down for all the second half. Uh, I, I will just briefly point out the Colorado Springs switchbacks. I hope on purpose completed exactly 420 passes. <laughs> that's, that's, this one wasn't a man down for the second. It was a man down from about the 30th minute. And 31. Orange County, I mean, you could see him complain, but 
it was a legitimate red card. It wasn't one of those to go. Yeah. Well, it's like I don't think the Orange County defender tried to foul the player, but he still last man back ran and ran into him from behind, and that's a red card. There is no world where I think you could say that was a bad call. Was it intentional? No. Was it a red card? Yes. And kudos to Orange County for not only scoring a goal a man down, but then shutting down Colorado Springs, who has a few really good scorers for the entire game. Yep. I mean, to be be fair, uh, Orange County did shut down Colorado Springs in Colorado Springs when they played, so they have... Yes. uh, And Orange County, again, wins again, 1-0. I think it's six yeah. in a row, and all of them won goal games, and five of those six are one-nil victories. So, I mean, Beautiful. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, defend, defend, defend. Nip a goal, defend, defend, defend. I think it's been kind of OC's um, method of pulling out some victories, and it seems to be working for them in the playoffs where you're going to get low-scoring games unless you're yeah. Tampa Bay up a man. Yeah, Orange, yeah, Orange County is... I, they're one of my teams who were not the top seed, but I think would be very good, and they proved it. I mean, when you go down a man at a 0-0 game and win 1-0, you're a good team yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, you know, business as usual, it'll be great. Everyone's circling on their calendar, I'm sure, is the playoff matchup of the of the round phoenix rising fc easy win over rgv you know they'll make their way through the west we'll finally get that tampa phoenix final that we all that we all wanted to see last year and sort of had to make up for on the floodway uh guys uh phoenix lost on phoenix lost on penalties phoenix lost on penalties i mean if my twitter features any you know metric to go off of. Sacramento fans are happy for the climber from last year. Well, sure. But, I, mean, I mean, to me, honestly, I don't think that RGV penalty in the stoppage should have been a penalty. It did not look like it. If the keeper got him, it was barely. And we have no VAR. Mm-hmm. There's no way to prove it, but sure. I think Phoenix probably got burned bad by a bad call. At the same time, though, yeah. you can't be going against the fourth seed and give up two goals in regulation and a third in a, even a bad call you can't give up three goals to a team you should be beating this was yeah. yeah phoenix kind of got burned by them not living up to what they should do i think they looked past rgv in this one and rgv decided to say you're gonna look past this okay well here's what we're gonna do and phoenix was not ready for it and RJV was even on, sh- or nearly even on shots with Phoenix. Phoenix had a 15-14 advantage and a 7-5 shots and target advantage over RGV. That they re- RJV really played up to the occasion. And like Pony said, Phoenix just weren't up to the task. They got three goals, but having to concede three to RGV just showed that they weren't really prepared for RGV's match. And RGV can score. That's the weird part about them. They are a team who is very hit and miss. Like, if you told me RGV, you know, loses this next round 3-0, I'd 
I'd believe it. If you told me they won 3-0, I'd believe it. While there seems I actually don't think could do that, RGV is 100% a team who could knock off anybody and be knocked off by anybody. There are very few teams that are left that fit that description to me. Yeah. And now the narrative around Phoenix is they haven't won a game in regular time since 2018 in the playoffs, and that's only one in extra time. Every other game is advanced by PKs. Uh, so I think when you kind of live very dangerously and you let teams hang around, uh, you're not going to get, you know, you know one, of the, one of these games, a keeper's going to pull up a save in a PK or you're going to hit the post in a PK and then all of a sudden you're out. Um, yes, I, I, I don't disagree that that penalty was very iffy. Um, I would probably be mad if it was called on my team. I would probably be very happy if it was called for my team. Uh, like if my off, my team was on the offense, um, but I think I think Tony, you're right. You you can't put yourself in a position where one bad call eliminates you from the playoffs, especially if you're Phoenix Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising dominates during the regular season, and just it doesn't seem like they're they're quite the same team. And maybe there's some nerves. Maybe there's the high, heightened expectation where they just don't seem to be quite as dominant in the postseason as they are in the regular season, which is weird. Like. They have tons of talent. Rick Schantz doesn't get yep. worse as a coach in the in the playoffs, but I mean, this is a narrative around some of the the best coaches in the world about not being able to get some jobs done with the talent they have. And mm-hmm. you know, Phoenix right now is one of those teams, and you know, I, I think they got bit this time. And you know, maybe that's something to consider moving forward about how they build their regular season and work toward the playoffs. I mean, look yeah. at the past four Phoenix Rising years. Twenty eighteen, they were runner ups. 2019 semifinals 2020 was the final but wasn't played and then this year in the quarter and basically the conference quarterfinals that there is a valid question to be asked that if they are really up to the challenge for being a playoff team yeah I mean I agree I mean Phoenix is one of those teams who is going to be good but they fall here regularly and if they get to figure out what's yeah. why is that happening, is it just? I mean, it could just be bad luck. Because at this point, I mean, in the playoffs, you're going to win more than sixty to seventy percent of the time. That's really, really good. But they just have not managed to pull it off. So we'll see what they do yeah. next year. But as of now, it's getting to the point where you have to wonder if Phoenix is going to say we need to, you know, pull stuff up if we can't win as a favorite for three or four straight years it's it's tricky because they're i mean they're undoubtedly a playoff team in that they're a team that will get into the playoffs almost without thinking about it every year yeah there just has to be a Um, point where you go no our goal is not to make playoffs (laughs) it's to win the cup but but what do you but what do you what do you do like what else can you add because it's i i mean like like alan was saying like your coach doesn't get worse presumably in the playoffs you can't add more talent it's impossible you already buy everybody that's good every year just about john becker has been there for three years for no reason Santi Mar has been there for about three years for no reason. Uh, you know, I, I, there's, there's, them and Louisville consistently have more guys on that team 
than any other team in the league would know what to do with. Um, but they just don't have that clutch gene, right? It's it's the it's the Guardiola City in the Champions League where you can get so far, but you just can't put it together past that threshold yet. Yep. And then it turns into do you sacrifice a little bit of the other stuff that doesn't really matter to try to get past that threshold? Who knows? Speaking of getting past that threshold, was very nice of the Tampa Bay Rowdies to give their first round bye to the Birmingham Legion for no reason. <laughs> As a result, they'll play each other on Saturday. In a game that will happen. Hopefully. Theoretically. They are in Florida. <laughs> like all these games that will theoretically happen. And Birmingham will not get a home playoff game because life I I just don't want to talk about that saga because it'll just make me upset um, the irony is really good though I'll, I'll say that we'll keep going Louisville and Charlotte get to play each other in a, in a battle of teams that wish they could be anywhere else I guess I mean to me the Louisville Charlotte is actually a really interesting game because Louisville is, I think, worse overall than most people yes. thought they were going to be. I mean, they look... Yeah, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Pony, are you about to say a good thing about the Charlotte Independence in the year 2021? Is that what's going to happen here? I mean, yes, and we're going to pick against them, but, you know... Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I think Louisville is worse than people thought they were going to be. They are not mm. quite Louisville of the last, you know, three, four years where they are the favorites, and if they don't make the finals of the... If they don't make the championship that that's a failure and they've shown a against Miami they probably got a little bit lucky they only they actually escaped with a 1-0 win they I think should have given up at least a goal but they played well they got through and Charlotte I think as most of us thought they beat Memphis who was a bit of a wild card but I mean it's Memphis who I mean, let's be honest. Most of us thought Memphis was not even make the playoffs. So this round, I think Louisville's a better team, but Charlotte feels a lot to me like the RGV team against Phoenix, where they have a puncher's chance. Where if they come out and just hit Louisville immediately, Louisville might not really be able to recover. And I think that's kind of what RGV did, RGV did to Phoenix, where... Phoenix thought they had a easy win and then they just got punched in the nose and suddenly they're kind of reeling of what the heck is happening? Why are we actually not winning this game? Oh my god, are we going to lose? And then kind of falls apart late. So, I mean, I think Louisville wins, but if Charlotte wins, this will not, to me, be the biggest shock of this week. I mean, you could argue it might not even be the biggest two shocks of this week. But... I think Louisville still pulls it off. Yeah, Charlotte has lost twice since July 23rd. Charlotte's on red-hot form coming into the playoffs, and that's honestly what's been so crucial of teams succeeding when they get to this level. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, um, most a lot of those wins 
like you have you know a win over Pittsburgh, a win over Miami back in September, but a lot of those wins it's it's Hartford, Loudon, Baby Bulls, Charleston, Hartford, Loudon, Austin draw, and then Memphis. Like they're red hot, but they're not quite playing that same quality and caliber of a team like a Lou City or a you know um, or a Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. So they're red hot against teams that they should be beating. Um, and, you know, the, those two losses are Tampa Bay and Birmingham. Uh, so, you know, they're, they look good on paper, but it might be one of those uh, they're running red hot but run into a buzzsaw of a well-coached, well-organized team uh, that might be not as playing as well, but they know how to win games. Yeah, if you want to go back to Charlotte beating a playoff team on the road, you go back to game three of the year where they beat Pittsburgh. So, I mean, there's always a chance, but at this point, there is still very heavily a chance because all these teams have enough talent to beat anybody else on any given Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Mondays. So, you know, there's a chance. Hawaii Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, the Western Conference, San Antonio and RGV. Um, uh, not to discredit what Toros did last weekend, but uh, I don't know. That San Antonio should be relatively comfortable here. And then uh, Orange County and Oakland, the the final game of the week, um, which that is a really interesting matchup that could theoretically go either way. Uh, hopefully it'll be more than 1-0. But uh, if you're in a state that allows you to do so, maybe take the under on that one for goal totals. And the results that they had in season two of their games they played out was a 1-0 win. Then we had another 3-0 win for Orange County and a 2-1 win for Orange County. Yeah, they just played each other, too, I believe. Let me look it up. Yeah. Uh, October County, 16th. Yeah, on the road, Oakland, a 1-0 with Oakland, <laughs> ironically, down a man. Um, there you go. Yeah. The fun thing about this is we are guaranteed a Mountain versus Pacific uh, Western Conference Final, which is uh, kind of fun. It's true. Um, so that should be some interesting matchups going forward. Uh, yeah, San Antonio, if they play like the way they did against San Diego, they'll be fine. Um, but they do have a propensity of pulling a San Diego and not putting their chances away. Um, and then Orange County versus Oakland. Um, this should be a fun one to watch, maybe. Um, again, Orange County playing fairly well, but... Uh, Rob Kiernan out because of the red card and uh, young young up-and-comer Kobe Henry uh, who would usually get that start um, is actually on international duty right now uh, so Orange County a little bit shorthanded on the back end which might be interesting for that matchup against uh, some of those plucky Orange County guys who find them or uh, Oakland guys who tend to find themselves in the interesting positions to uh, either score amazing bicycle goals or to poke it between your keeper's legs. 
true. So, survivor picks. I think all five of us actually made it through for the USL show people, which was kind of unlikely given that El Paso and Phoenix destroyed a lot of picks. <laughs> but I guess I will start. I mean, last week I took Orange County and they went down a man and I panicked and then they scored a goal and I panicked a little bit less and managed to win. So... I am going to take Louisville this week. I think they're going to get by Charlotte, even though it's not going to be an easy win. And a lot of it's because if I take San Antonio, I think that I am completely screwed long run because I think San Antonio and Orange County win. Well, where if that happens, I will have picked both West finalists. So that just burns me in the finals. So I am hedging my bets. And taking Louisville. I had picked San Antonio in my first round, which they had advanced over San Diego, and I think I have to follow Pony here, and I have to back Louisville on this one for this survivor pick. I every I think the goal for everyone in this round is we're trying to avoid having to pick Tampa Bay. Hey, we're all hedging our bets that Tampa Bay is going to be the team that advances into the final and will become an eventual champion. But I would have to back Louisville in this instance. Yeah, there's not. Uh, go ahead, Evan. No, go for it. No, no sorry. My precision before. Yeah, there's not the El Paso Phoenix thing definitely took a lot of picks away and set up your because usually your first round pick you want to pick someone who might not make it to the finals or probably isn't going to make it to the finals. Uh, so I didn't think Orange County would do well in El Paso, uh, so that's why I picked them, thinking I would give me more picks going into the end. Uh, but I agree, I think uh, Orange County can probably beat Oakland. San Antonio is probably going to be RGV, so I can't pick those. Um, and you want to avoid Tampa Bay. So basically you're picking who do you think is going to win, Charlotte and Louisville City. Um, uh, part of me wants to pick Charlotte just to be like, be that plucky underdog. Um, but this is a survivor pool, not a pick uh, pick the underdog and feel good about it. So uh, in the interest of me surviving, but maybe not the most interesting pick, I also have to pick Louisville City. Or we're all going to be out. That might be fun, too. Uh, I burned my Louisville City pick in the quarters because I originally picked the team that shall not be named who lost their opening round match to a virus. Detroit? Uh, uh, yep. Um, yep, the virus of the United States Soccer Federation, man. Um... And so by way of everyone else picking the team that I picked in the first round, I cannot join in on the fun and pick Louisville City. I am not picking Tampa Bay this early for reasons known to me. Um, so I went with Orange County. It's probably a safe bet. You would think, but after... What they did against my beloved Bethlehem Steel West, I am not so sure. 
Um, a, a repeat performance of that would be good in a way, but not how we want things to go. And so I will wish upon them what I wish for the Philadelphia Union, and that is a comfortable playoff win for once in their lives. Thank you so much. But that'll make next week difficult. Yeah, and now we'll get the poll up for that tonight or tomorrow afternoon, so people could yeah make their picks in time. Just remember to make them, and we. I think we lost about a third of people last week, so. Sounds Get right. Get ready for that that other, you know, second, third to get out of here. Yeah. Next week, apparently. It'll be one. I think last. I think last time we did this, by the finals, there were only two people left. So. It right. it goes bad for most of us. You know, that's the way it works. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah. Feel free to follow us if you haven't at the USL show. Let us know how wrong we are as we normally are. If you're a Detroit City fan, need to get some shots in, by all means. Have at it. Um, other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Look out for an interview with uh, the new Orange County uh, head coach proper with one Alan Underwood here in the upcoming days. As soon as we cross some T's and dot some I's for better or worse apparently um, Tuesday nights are not the best time to try to hastily organize coach interviews who would have thought who would have thought a lot of people actually during the during the playoffs where the team is not yet eliminated is a really difficult time to set up an interview with a head coach who's probably too busy trying to get his team through to the next round of the playoffs shocker I know I know. Could have been anybody else, but no. Apparently, apparently that was a. Hey, but uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, the new Orlando City non-interim head coach, and and hopefully his first match in charge of the team proper, not as a caretaker, will be another win in the playoffs. He would love to see it. Anyway, uh, until next week, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care and uh, enjoy that soccer.